are listening to Jim and Donnie's Short, Sharp and Fitness podcast, brought to you by oldbullhealth.com, your hosts, Donnie Singe and Jim Bolt. All right, welcome back. I'm Jim Bolt, and with me is Donnie Singe, and you're listening to the Old Bull Health Short, Sharp and Fit podcasts. podcasts. And Donnie, today we have a special guest, the first time ever, this is a world first, right? It is a world first, and I'll tell you what really excites me is that I don't have to just listen to you. Yes. Or look at you. That's true, or talk. <laughs> so, so we've got Jackie Clark with us today. Welcome, Jackie. Thanks, Jim, and thanks, Donnie. It's great to be here. I'm really yeah. glad that we can mix things up today. Yeah, and look, at this is a really new experience for me because I'm used to just having to chat to Donnie, and now I've got to feel like I've got to be, I'm on best behavior now because not only have we got a guest, we've got a female guest. We like always talk about usually kind of blokey stuff. Well, Donnie always wants to talk about blokey stuff. I try and keep it balanced, <laughs> really, and polite. So... Jackie is an author, and um, Jackie has got a lot of experience in in work and business. And Jackie, correct me if I'm wrong, but 30-year career, 20 years with Deloitte as an accountant, yes. um, and currently with Maxima Private, which you co-founded, right? So that's a and and, and maybe just Maxima looks after families, uh, family wealth. Is that a good way of so from tax and advice and everything else, right? Um, and then wrote this book called Stop Worrying About Money, uh, which I thought was very apt and which I must say, I'm an, uh, you know, I'm an accountant by trade, although, you you know, Donnie would never, never guess that. Um, <laughs> and uh, I was, when I saw it, I was going, oh, yeah, another book about money. But when I read it, it's actually, I, I really found it's really good and really practical um, and covered a lot of things. I was going, oh, I should read that. Oh, I should read that. So, so really good. So welcome, Jackie. Thanks, guys. Yeah, look, it's great to be here. And um, I know that uh, it is mixing things up today, moving away from testosterone. <laughs> uh, but I do think that we're focused on well-being. And uh, for me, the most important thing is really helping people with their financial well-being. And you've got the perfect suite of listeners, I think, where this is quite critical in our lives. And it's actually a time where we can make a real difference as well. No, you're absolutely right, Jackie. And I think... Um... You know, why I was so keen uh, to have you on the show as well was obviously, you, you know, I think mental health, um, especially for men and for men who get to our age, um, finance is a big deal and can really drive, you, you know, if you've suddenly lost a career or you're not maybe financially where you should be, that can be quite traumatic um, and, and cause a lot of mental stress. So I thought very apt. So thank you again for coming on. But maybe just, just to start, who... You know, if I can ask, who did you who did you write this for? Um, you know, you know, you know, who's who's your audience that you wrote the book for? Yeah, look, it's a great question. It's a pretty broad audience. I think at the core, I wrote it for my younger self, so the thirty-plus-year-old Jackie, uh, young mum, starting out, busy career. That's the person I wrote it for, but also to hold her hand or his hand through that next journey, so the next 20 or 30 years. So, um, you know, I think the book applies to anyone essentially from 20, anyone who's got a job essentially starting out. If you're in a relationship, um, all of life's ups and downs I've attempted to cover throughout the book and certainly give people that, I guess, you know, comfort uh, as they transition through life and go through all these changes, whether it be, um death of a family member, divorce, um, a redundancy, you know, looking to do a sabbatical, all these types of things in life that I think become more and more sort of um, part of our language, if you mm. like, maybe mm. over the age of 40 as well. 
And and um, Jackie, on that, so you kind of covered this as, as well. So what what made you write the book in the first place? Because you said it was advice to your younger self, but what was the you know what? So so you obviously couldn't have given it to your younger self. Was it to give it to your your kids? <laughs> <laughs> or for Donny? <laughs> yeah, Donny definitely. He's right in that sweet spot. Now, look, I think there <laughs> I had come off the back of a pretty significant executive career, and I had met with a friend of mine who was a a performance coach, not of the sporting kind, but of the executive or professional kind, um, to help me really look at what the next part of my journey was going to be. And the thing that um, kept coming up for me was I had all this um, significant money wisdom, if you like, but, you know, we all have a limit to our capacity. So the best way to actually share my money wisdom with a bigger audience was actually to write a book about it because I actually just was always helped throughout my whole career notwithstanding advising you know, Australia's wealthiest families, I was always helping people out. I was helping out fellow partners at Deloitte, fellow executives um, in other firms or businesses I was working with. So I sort of had this great understanding of what their mm. needs were, but just wanted to kind of put in a book all the things that I spent a lot of time speaking about um, when I was helping people out. And maybe the other thing is that, you know, we don't, there's lots of things we don't talk about. We don't actually talk about money, especially when it's affecting you so well <laughs> so for me it's really about trying to bring that story um to the kitchen table so mm. that people feel more comfortable talking about money mm. yeah you know what i love about it I, I tell you um when um when jim gave me the book you know I, I did have a good read and the thing i love the most is quite simply the 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 the, the thing that stop worrying about money, something that we say to each other, something we say to ourselves, but something we never stop doing. You know, we were always worrying about it. So it's a great title. Yeah. Stop worrying about money. But for me was, was going in and the whole, just the very start of the book where, where I love the way that, that you've put that content structure together. So you've got, you know, get, get your house in order. And, and that's just about, you know, and especially that understanding your money story. And when I read that part, and when I think about that, and when I did the exercises, Man, it really jumped out to me. I'm a frivolous bugger, man. I spend money. And um, but I just say that's okay because I earn and I'm earning this money and and I think I'm squirreling, I think I'm doing the right thing. Leanne, my wife, is really the, the financial master of the house. If it wasn't for her, I wouldn't have a house. I'd be probably somewhere else. But the thing is, is that you know, that 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 first part, you know, get your house in order. So that whole holistic look at um why you have an attitude about money, um, where you might have got those from, habits that you um, witnessed or seen through your parents or your upbringing, um, how you live, that whole environmental part. You know that that was that's a real. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if there's other books because I haven't read other books on finance. I've read this book, and that resonates with me really powerfully. Especially somebody. I'm not an accountant, and I don't have a lot of knowledge around that. But that first bit, get your house in order, is fantastic. And then you've got part two. You know, deal with the worry. So then we go into. To, to that second part and actually look at ways of, of addressing like after we've identified these, these uh, and acknowledged these behaviors or habits and, and where they've come from. But by the time you get there, you're not scared of it. And that's what I really, that's what I really like. You're not, by the time you get to deal with the worry, you're not, Oh, Oh, oh shit. The world's on fire. Yeah. You know, you're not in that place. You're in a really good place. So I think that's really, for me, that's really well done. And then bang, you know, okay. Now we've done that. Where are you going, and 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 how would you how are you going to get there with with this new knowledge? So, you know, a, absolute hats off. You know, I give you a lot of applause over that, especially for a simpleton like me who who gets into the book. But 
I just love the simplicity of the content structure. So, Jackie, awesome. sorry, Jackie, you go. Material. Well, I was just going to say thank you for that. There's a whole lot of great material in there too. It's, I love how it's connected with you. And actually, you mentioned something that um, is really critical for me as the author, um, but also what I'm finding a lot and what I recognise, particularly in relationships, Donnie, to the comment you made is people often delegate financial responsibility in relationships. And that, to me, is a big red flag now. Um, and maybe it's not a red flag today necessarily, but in time as things happen in life, there's a point where you really need to be across things financially. And, and one of the risks I think that we all face is if we don't pay attention financially, our financial literacy is relatively low. Mm -hmm. So for and, this and, and, and sorry, Jeff, are you going? No, you, no, 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 you finished. Sorry, Jackie, I just I had a question on that, but you carry on. So That's right. All I was thinking about was that in the context of our financial literacy, it is relatively low. It's actually low in Australia. It has dropped. And the problem with that is when shit happens, when things go wrong, if you're not across it, you're on the back foot. And if you're dealing with something that's not good, like someone has got sick or so, you know, let's say your spouse gets sick um, and you've got to step up on this, you're, you're at a bit of a loss. You're already a loss emotionally because you're dealing with whatever's happening with them. Uh, but then you've got to step up on the financial side of things. So there's a lot to be said for being accountable. And, and interestingly, statistically, men tend to be more focused on the financial stuff than uh, women. But my message to every listener is don't delegate financial responsibility in your household. And, and that was my question, Jackie, is, yeah. is it usually women or men yeah. that, are, that have delegated that in, yeah. in your experience? Unfortunately, it's typical the women who've delegated it. So yeah. Come about through traditional gender roles, uh, people, you know, someone working, someone bringing a breadwinner, all those types yeah. of. Things. It's it's not uncommon that women have typically delegated that responsibility, uh, and of course, there are some guys who are lucky enough to do that as well. And and I suppose the next question is, if you are so so, whether you are whichever side of that fence you're on, and you go right, I've listened to Jack, and I do need to start understanding this more um, around what's happening. How do you, I mean, I just, you know, you know, you can cause so many dramas by starting that process because, you know, you, you know, you know, um, you know, if Donnie started asking questions, Leanne might think he wanted to move on and do something else, right? So how do you, how do you not, how do you not freak them out about starting to ask questions around the finance side and get involved? Yeah, look, I think that's an excellent question because you, you're absolutely spot on. I could just imagine a spouse hearing the message saying, why do you want to know about the money? The mm, first thing mm. is, like, <laughs> whose um, name is the house in? And you know, how many bank accounts have we got? And are they in mm. joint names or are they? Anyway, mm. I think the best thing to do, stepping right back, is actually sit down in a relationship and set a financial goal. And I think if you set the goal, and let's say um, for, for your average listener, they're saying, well, Maybe they're talking about retirement. I don't know if anyone actually retires anymore. But let's say a group of 50-year-olds sitting around a table and they say, we want to retire in our, we want to stop working uh, in our mid-60s and we want to cease full-time work in our early 70s, whatever that is. That's maybe a financial goal. So to get there, you're going to step back to today. And the only way to get there is to understand really step one, what I talk about in the book. Uh, to Donnie's point, is getting a house in order, which is actually understanding what it costs to open your front door at home. Mm. 
And so, so I guess begin with the end in mind is the answer to doing that successfully at home. If you haven't typically been the money manager and you need to kind of step up your skills, then let's think about how do we set a financial goal together? It, it may be mm. something as simple as spending six months in Europe in you know, 2027 or um, changing businesses or setting up a new business, but that's a financial mm. goal. Then you come back to today and work out, well, how, what are the things we need to do um, to get there? And that's and how you I start things. Yeah, no, that's good. And then uh, on, um, you know, on page, I think it's 37 or so, you've got the three biggest money mistakes. Yes. And, you know, yeah. you look at these and you go, you know, so wearing and driving your money. And I thought that's such a, that's such a good, Good point. That's you. That's you all a, over it, isn't it? All that but I'm wearing got, my. Yeah. I'm wearing my my, my merch. How can yeah. that? Um, yeah, one point. You can only drive um, one of those six cars, Jim. Which one is it going to be? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, <laughs> uh, doing nothing, just yeah. to your point, uh, and then um, not understanding your baseline cost, which I assume you mean living beyond your means. Yes. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, and then you mentioned a, a couple of other few, you know, using multiple credit cards, you know, using a store purchasing program. So you're spending money you haven't got, relying on credit, not paying off your monthly credit uh, and, and taking costs like expensive travel and school fees on. And I guess there's a whole industry of, of businesses and, and advertising that's encouraging you to do that the whole time, right? Yeah, look, I heard a great story. We were um, we often help our clients buy cars, and that might sound a little unusual, but again, because of our network, um, invariably people are changing over cars regularly. And mm. one of our clients um, was trying to sell a car and, and buy a car simultaneously, and the dealer offered something like a $5,000 incentive to lease the car with a particular mm. leasing company. Yeah. And the, the person who was selling the car obviously had the cash. They didn't need to lease, but to take a 5000 that's an incentive to lease. And the thing that we're working on all the time, when you go back to understanding your baseline costs at home, the first thing to do is try and reduce all of these monthly drains on your cash. So it all sounds well and good to have lease mm. payments and all these things running out of your cash and smoothing cash flow. But at the end of the day, that's reducing whatever you might be able to save down the track. Mm. as well and i'm guessing that lease costs would be linked to an interest rate which is just got very very expensive right yeah they are anyway now i mean if you look back five years ago you could pretty much um, lease vehicles for nothing but the whole problem is you're smoothing cash flow out which sounds like a great idea in a business but actually it's not personally the best thing to do what we're mm. trying to do is free up our cash flow mm. um, so that we can save it and put it towards investments and creating a future rather than this constant treadmill which mm. i'm sure you will have picked up i've talked about and look i've been on it and i've been on it and that's part of writing this book was also about addressing the worry about money that i had in that typical mm. executive career mm. not so much keeping up with the joneses but everyone around you the kids go to the right schools you have the right car you probably wear the right clothes um that's that really it's a fundamental mistake that we make because it keeps you on the juice <laughs> and, so and I speak. suppose that's got worse now because as you know, if, if someone's got a mortgage and that mortgage cost has gone up, mm. um, you know, as you say, keeping up with the Joneses or, or keeping up with the neighbours or whatever the case is or with friends and family, that pressure's even more now. So so dipping into savings and things like that, you know, would yeah. probably start. Yeah, I think that the treadmill to actually pause and reflect on where you're at. And that's why, again, I say go back to setting a financial goal as a family if you go back and think how did we get here 
And you start to look, if you challenge, and I do this often, I um, financially coach a couple of senior executives who have got really serious money problems. And I'm talking mm. about people who might be earning one or $2 million just of a straight salary wage a year. And they are literally, you know, living off roast chicken from the corner shop because they've got a huge mortgage. They've got mm. car leases. They've got kids in private schools. Um, they've got expensive holidays. They've got credit card debt. Like you name it, and this. And you're trying to keep that up, right? Yeah. yeah. And you look, and then they've got tax payments to make. So you're looking yeah. for how do we yeah. squeeze this lemon anymore? And there's nothing. Yeah. So, so isn't that when they do the let's um you know let's get your house in order and understand all this? Isn't that more stressful (laughs) when you realise how much? That's the cleansing, mate. That's the cleansing. You know, I I think a lot of people, you know, they they really um it's that it's that not knowing. So what Jackie, what I if I'm hearing right, what I what I hear from you is that you know you're able to take these people and 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 get them to um, identify and acknowledge, you know how they're living their lives and if it's really what, what you know, where they're going and are they within their means, but you do it in a way where you're looking at, um, you know, the real, the real structure of spending, the income, but it must be a really, it would be, it would be very um, confronting. It would be very um, uh, exhausting, but at the end of the day, you know, I, I don't know about my, the listeners here, but for me personally, when I know where my feet are on the ground, I feel a lot stronger about myself, and I think that that's when you can make decisions. So, I, you know, I, I I agree with Jim. People would would once it, once you're in, they'd be like, oh hell no, oh no, yeah, and it would be a really tough process. But by the end of it, you get you have that cleansing, that clarity. All right, this is what, it, and they're they're intelligent people. Mm. So you gotta you gotta you know. So it's better to know how much shit you're in than. Yeah, I think to, to, to live in the, to live in a hole. Well, you yeah. know, I guess liken it. I call it a financial wake up call. You, same thing. You go for an annual checkup to the GP. You get your blood test results. They come back and they say your cholesterol's high. Your blood pressure's up. It's like the stock take. So you might know this. You may or may not know this, but you may realize you got to stop eating certain things. You might have to drink less red wine. You might have to up your exercise. It's it's like that, but just for money. Um, yeah. So we're sort of saying, what's in the fridge? Okay, we need to change what's in the fridge. And if you want to keep spending money on those things, we need to get rid of them so you're not looking at them every day. But um, but to to Donnie's point, I mean, Donnie's always, you know, say, go, go and get checked up, you know, and to your point, you go and get a blood test. If you find that you might have a chronic illness mm-hmm. and you address that early, mm-hmm. you know, this is the difference between actually living or dying in certain cases. So oh, the sooner yeah. you understand the issue and how bad it is, the sooner you can address it, right, and deal with it. Yeah, one of the things maybe worth calling out here mm. also is that men particularly hold financial stress themselves. Mm-hmm. And I have known of uh, people who have ended their lives because they can't deal with the burden mm. of stress that they've probably created and it can come from it can come from bad business choices. It can come from gambling or other forms of addiction. Mm. Uh, but men typically are the ones who hold that. So again, we want to mm. put it on the table. So you know, if you if some people are picking up the book to to read mm. it and then say let's let's have a chat about it, let's set a goal. Mm. I think it's the best way to address it so that you don't end up with an illness or something far worse yeah. down. Yeah. 
and get your partner on board because it's, yeah. it's probably a relief and yeah. get that out in the open, right? Because then you deal yeah. with it together. The other thing I talk about is uh, people, this whole treadmill effect and the impact of having all these costs running in the baseline of your house keep you sometimes working in a job that makes you sick. So people stick with mm. a particular mm. job. Um, it's not doing them any favours. The people they're surrounded by might not be good. The nature of the work might not be good. But because they've got this enormous cost base of expenses that they mm. stick with the job, and so that has a significant impact on your well-being, but it's created because of your poor financial well-being. And so, again, without having the conversation, you just continue to drive yourself into the ground essentially because of this enormous cost base. And so it is cause for reflection um, for everyone, actually, and particularly yeah. particularly at this sort of target age group, if you like, us on the call, you've got to have this conversation at home. Well, that yeah. reflection, you know, that that's, that's, that's a, a way of just going into that clutter and trying to yeah. compartmentalise or put it in spaces because... Um, yeah, one of, one of the things that I do a lot with with people, you know, when I'm coaching is their um, I, I use a really I'll use a very generic lazy term lack their lack of capacity and they've got this lack of capacity because they've got so much clutter in there. So you know, again, going back to get your house in order is where you can pull that clutter apart, identify it, and put it into areas where you can actually start you know chipping away and working working at things. Also, when you have I believe when you have a definite um, um, sort of foundation of information, it's much easier to share it with the people that matter who can help you deal with it. So if you want to talk to your wife or your husband, your boyfriend, girlfriend, partner, whatever, and you want to talk to them about these issues, if you've done your homework and you actually are speaking from a good foundation of fact, you're not just throwing stuff out there, your opinions, how you feel, your future prospects, your dreams, if you actually know where you are on the ground, it is so much easier to have a conversation that's going to have a positive outcome. Mm -hmm. So, so that's what I, you know, like I said, that very first chapter in this book really helps you pull all that apart, put it in a place, understand why it's there, and then and then gives you an, a, an opportunity to to use your personality and your own strengths and and even the the skills that got you to where you were, to, to, to just to help you break this down, and and share it. And I think that's um, that's something that I really uh, strongly urge, you know, um, you know, people to pick your book up and, and have a look at that 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 whole part. It's 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 a very innovative way to write the book. Yeah. Thanks, so, Sorry. You go, Jim. You go. No, no, you 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 go for it. Well, look, I was just, well, just sort of following on from this as well. One of the things that, um, and I'm always thinking of both of you, thinking about the industry that you're in as well, thinking about fitness and health. I think about something like expense creep, similar to my lifestyle. So one of the things that we all suffer from, I think, is naturally with affluence, we tend to, I talk about the bottle of wine, you know, when you started out, think back to university days, the type of food mm -hmm. and wine you then if you were drinking something out of a bottle, well done, you're probably mm -hmm. drinking something out of a cask or a typical Aussie would be back in their late teens, early 20s. And as you get older and you earn more money, you spend more on particular things. So instead of buying a 15, or in my case, it was like a $7.95 Lambrusco sparkling, God knows what, <laughs> you know, when I was a young adult, as 
as I've progressed, it goes $15, $25, $35, $50. You know, the sky's the limit. That actually happens with just about everything. And I think similarly to um, the lifestyle, the way we eat at home, you can choose to eat healthily or you can go and spend your money on Uber Eats for mm-hmm. lunch and dinner and have all those extra, those additions, if you like, to the meal. So um, I think expense creep is something that we all have to be, that's why the taking stock or the sort of financial wake-up call at the start of the book in particular is really helpful because it helps you recognise how did we get here in the mm. first place? Like mm. how did this, how did this of income and now it's gone where's it gone yeah you know and you're so right because you you also i think when you when you were you know when you when you're 18 you maybe just drink um when there's an event yes (laughs) and and now you're kind of having a glass of wine (laughs) every night and you know or or two and suddenly you know it's a 20 it's it's a 20 30 dollar bottle of wine and suddenly you're spending all these dollars on wine when you when you when it's actually not good for you and then if you you got to drink good wine because the bad wine makes you feel worse in the morning right so i tell myself that all the time um but Jackie, you know, the because because on that you talk about obvious ways to reduce costs and create savings, and and I think that's on a page page seventy eight. Uh, and some of this, um, you, know, you know, some of this stuff is is I guess you would say it's Captain Obvious, but that's the problem with common sense is not always that common, yeah. right? But you talk about you know start saving twenty percent of your income, um, stop unnecessary spending um, by cancelling the endless subscriptions, and I, and that I, I, that you know there's. Stan, binge Netflix, mm-hmm. and then you've got like a whole lot of apps. And mm-hmm. so I did that the other day and I was going, shit, you know, they're each charging you five bucks or 10 bucks and you add them all the up. The ones you don't like, use. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that you haven't used for ages, you, you know. Right. And that um, money can now be earning you 5% in the bank mm. which is extraordinary i know well, or, i think it's better mm, than property just about at the moment yeah yeah, well, yes, yeah um yes. and then you know eating the other point as you said is eating and and you know i've, I've had food businesses in the past and and you're right you're always going to have a healthier at least you know what's in the sauce and how much sugar is going in there and you can put in some alternatives to that um you know get out of debt um make extra payments on your mortgage and avoid carrying around credit cards um and i think i think debit cards are a great thing to be yeah. honest um, you know, spend what you've got and 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 don't pay interest on forgetting to make a payment or the thirty co- thirty bucks late 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 well, late I mean, charge fee. You think about kids, right? And I, I write about kids and money because something I'm passionate about working through. And debit cards is naturally where kids would start. You only got what you mm. the money that you've earned. That's all that you can spend, which is different yeah. to as people start getting into credit card land, and it's how much credit can I get. Mm. You know, but that's the thing, you know, you apply for a card, the next thing is a $10,000 limit on it or something. You're going, really? Um, yeah, and if you really want to go on that particular holiday or you really want to buy that new lounge or TV, then you just pop it on the card. It's easy. So, so, it's easy. so you know, Donnie and I do these, we've done some t- podcasts on food and you, you, you see about 225 different food choices every day and there's never a shortage, you know, so you go to coffee, oh, there's a muffin and a chocolate brownie or free and then you had lunch and then, you know. So it's a bit. Do you think it's the same with finances? There's like all these ways I can give you cash up front, um, or cash on your cash, so you can spend three times what you actually earn. Do you think that's uh, and 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 you know, yeah, yeah, within reason. What, do you think that's that's similar? Thank you for listening to Jim and Donnie's Short Sharp and Fitness podcast, brought to you by OldBullHealth.com. For more information, visit our website or find us on Twitter, LinkedIn. Facebook or Instagram or drop us an email if you do have any questions or would like to suggest a topic help at oldbullhealth.com